The NFL draft may be over, but the Ringer NFL show isn't going anywhere. On Mondays, join Kevin and Nora as they look ahead to the 2021 season. And on Wednesdays, check out Flying Coach Season 2 with NFL Network's Peter Schrager and Rams head coach Sean McVay. The two longtime friends are joined by guests from around the sports and entertainment world to discuss the latest NFL news, tell stories from their careers, and break down the game from their unique perspectives. Check out the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. And we're back. This is Logan Murdoch from the Real Ones podcast on KMEL. I'm here with Raja Bell, and we got the Mad Hooper here. Yeah, we're here with the Mad Hooper, and I think we're going to open it up for the audience to ask some questions to the Mad Hooper. Young lady, do you have a question for the Mad Hooper? Yeah, this is Sasha from St. Louis, and I just have a question for the Mad Hooper. Like, why are you so mad? I don't get it. Like, why are you so mad? Why am I mad? Because it took this long for Trey Young to get the love he deserves. They created the play-in for Zion if you keep it in the book. Melo and Luka are everywhere. Trey hasn't got any love from the league, and it's been shit on because of the draft day trade for Luka. And people have ignored the fact that he is incredible at basketball. He's Steve Nash with Steph Curry range. The Mavs got an all-timer in Luka. But more than likely, Trey Young will go down as an all-timer as well when it's all said and done. Hope they beat the dog shit out the books. It won't happen, but I can hope. Yeah, see me. Ben Simmons is a disgrace to Australian sport. Shoot the ball. Shoot the goddamn ball. I'm out. What's poppin'? Real ones. Logan Murdoch here. Raja Bell here. Sasha Mack on the boards. Jomi, maybe in a bit. Who knows? Maybe. How you doing, Rara? We got we're we're in the conference finals. We're ready to go. Semifinals are done with. How you feeling? I'm f i am I listen, the Suns are still alive. Um you know, I was hate to see hate hate to see Brooklyn go. I gotta I gotta keep it a buck. I was pulling for the Nets, but uh I'm feeling good. I mean, I still got action. I'm good to go. Mm, mm, yeah. mm. you're forgetting like 
I think this might be maybe poetic or something like that, but you're forgetting one team in this. You brought up Brooklyn. Right. You put in a lot of teams. You brought up Brooklyn. You brought up um, your sons. Who, um, but you you missed out on some people. First, you missed out on the Bucks, who we'll get to in a second. But most importantly, you missed on ATL, on Atlanta. The Hawks are in the conference finals. Why are you hating? No, I, there's no hate. First of all, there's, there's, there's no hate. There's absolutely no hate. Um, I actually really like to watch the Hawks play, man. They're a fun, they're a fun group of, of young players, right? Like guys that... Yeah. Like full disclosure, I didn't. I didn't know Herder was like that. I didn't know, I didn't know he had. Like, I didn't know he had one like I that. I didn't know his bag was that deep. But it. So they are. They are fun to watch. Those were just teams that I felt like were my dogs, kind of in the fight, right? Like the okay. Suns and Brooklyn. I Milwaukee was. I think I'm. I don't know if I picked Milwaukee to win earlier this year, but I've always liked the Bucks. I'm a Giannis guy. You called them real you know when I, I didn't call them real. real quick. I was listening to some somebody on somebody on the radio the other day talking about how Kevin Durant, and rightfully so, was playing out of his mind, was the best player on the planet, and all of that. I have no beef with that. Like I take no exception with that. But in the next breath, he was saying if the Bucs had any chance that Giannis was going to have to play better and Giannis was going to have to do and all the man did was average 32 across the series with, I mean, double digit boards and drop a 40 ball. In, in in the final game. Like, I, I felt like there were multiple people. This dude was just kind of the, the icing on the cake for me, but there were a lot of people talking, like, like really slanderous about, about Giannis. I mean, I don't give a damn mm. about the free throws. I don't give a shit. I don't mm. care about them free throws. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that man is putting up numbers, and I think that's to be respected. So, like, I, I mess with the Bucks too. Hold that thought. Hold that thought because we got we're talking Bucks uh, Nets uh, in the next segment. But hold that thought because I, I need that energy for the next segment because mm-hmm. I have some questions for you. Um, before we get to that though, let's talk about the Hawks and the Sixers game seven. Before we talk about the Hawks, let's talk about the Sixers collapse. And you know what I mean by collapse? They had the game in the final in, in the ha- in the in the second half, late in the second half, into the fourth quarter. They had a lead. They were there. On Juneteenth, they were there. They were ready to go. And then Ben Simmons, game on the line, has an easy dunk. I was like, oh, he's in the bag right now. It's in the bag. Passes it off to Matisse Thybul, who is a really good player and honestly should. I don't want to besmirch his name. Good player. But he hands it off to Matisse Thybul when he has a dunk, an easy dunk, to the point where even Matisse Thybul it's like, why did you pass me the ball right now? What are you doing? You have a wide open layup. <laughs> Matisse gets fouled, misses one free throw. I think it, it puts the it, it messes up the game, and then the Hawks go on and win. There was more to it why the, the Sixers lost, but you could that when your star player only shoots four attempts, and me and you talked about this with DA, Raja, four attempts, and when the game is on the line, passes off the shot. It looked like a 2K glitch, what he did. Like he had the ball, he had the ball ready to dunk it, passed it off. Raja, we talked about this with DA. What do you think when what did you think when you saw that play? I already see your eyes. You're getting a little mm. what happened? What did you see in that moment? I thought something, I thought my eyes had deceived me. I really mm. did. I, I mean, I hadn't seen a play like that um really, really ever. Um, that I can remember. Certainly not in the in a meaningful moment like that from a player 
of Ben Simmons caliber. I, I want to say it again. I, I think he's a fantastic player. Like defensively, um, he's one of the tops in the league. Like he still had 13 assists and, and eight boards. Um, he just can't play like that the way the Sixers are built, Logan. And I, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. You know, when DA came on and I respected his opinion about Doc having to be better and calling some plays. But if you remember what I said, I said, I don't think he's built like that. Meaning, I don't think Ben Simmons is built like that. And when I say that, it's because my eyeballs tell me that they're like he's not trying to put his stamp on the game from a scoring perspective. And and that was confirmed the other night. The play you're talking about is it it it, it is a, a perfect um, example of that. And I think it's bigger picture. I said this about Markel Fultz when he was really struggling. Um, I think it's it, it's it's the scary part about it is this is mental. This is. There's something going on there. This isn't a physical thing. This is a phenomenal basketball player who's been the best wherever he's been for his entire life. Now, you know, we couldn't shoot threes, then we can't shoot free throws, and now we just won't shoot. Like, that's a problem. I, I, I'm looking at a stat line right now, Raja. Because if you look at a stat line, 36 minutes, 5 points, 13 assists, 8 rebounds, 2 of 4 from the field. I mean, I guess he, he made 50%, but that's not what you want out of your star player. It's not what you want. And we talked about this with DA about how you want your guy, your dude, to go out swinging. If that means he goes 6 of 24, who cares? And it wasn't like it was a jump shot right there, right? Ben Simmons can dunk a basketball and can dunk over folks. That was a wide-open dunk that he missed or that, that he just, just gave up on, Right. It was that it was it, it does. I don't I don't think that he has to shoot. And I know this is another conversation of shooting jumpers and things like that. I don't think he even have to play outside of himself in this moment. All he has to do is be aggressive, go to the cup, get to the free throw line. Right. But the mental thing of going to the free throw line with the game on the line is different. And you could just see the fear in him. My question for you and um, Doc Rivers after the game, they asked him, do you think that Ben Simmons is uh, a point guard. Uh, if can he be a point guard on the championships team? And Doc Rivers says, "I don't know the answer to that right now." Now, the coach is usually the last line of defense on this thing, right? He, the coach is always the one to have your back. Now, when stuff quotes start coming out on that, it does seem like things are over. If you are a coach or a GM in this circumstance, do you keep Ben Simmons or do you try to trade him away at this point and see what you can get for him in the open market? What do you think right now, GM Raja or Coach Raja? What do you think? Uh, well, if I'm GM Raja, I, I, I've heard what Doc said. Um, we've probably had internal conversations about that also. But then I also heard what Joel Embiid said. And that you, you, I mean, as rare as it is for a coach to come out and not defend, like you don't hear players throwing each other under the bus like that often. And he's, he threw him squarely under the wheels of the bus. Um, so as a GM, uh, yeah, I'm probably exploring all options to see what I can get for Ben Simmons. Because again, there may be situations where Ben Simmons can play the way he played, meaning the assist, the rebounds, the defensive tenacity, and not have... The Sixers aren't built for him to score like four points and six points. They're not built for that. They're, they're just, they don't have the firepower to withstand having one of your best players on the floor not be interested in scoring the ball. So for that reason, and amongst others, 
yeah, I'm looking to see what I could get. The problem is, I mean, after what just happened, what am I getting back? I don't, I mean, that would remain to be seen, right? But purely in a vacuum, Logan, and I said this the other day, yeah, you have to make a move there. There's something's got to be done. You've been in locker rooms before in a way, way deeper level than I could ever imagine, right? Because, you know, as a player, you have been at ground zero of a locker room, right? And when a coach goes out like that and says something like that, and also a star player goes out there and says what Joel Embiid says, from my vantage point is, there's no going back from that. Once it spills out with all, their own players, unless short of like Kobe and Shaq, once players start openly mo- going into the media and talking about players that way, it seems like it's over. What is that from a locker room standpoint, Roger, when people start speaking out on that level to us, in front of us, like it's unprompted. I don't think he's a, a championship player. What is that like in the locker room for you guys? That's a mess. That's a mess. Um it's a mess. There's a lot of uncertainty in that. Like guys that aren't involved in that, right? First of all, it's going to be above like some people's pay grade, right? Because it just is. So I I am one of those people, but I'm in that locker room like, oh fuck, what is going on? Like what what's happening? Because it just feels like the plane's going down. Do you know what I mean? Like you just you see pieces of the wings. So are you trying? Off are you are you talking? Are you hitting your agent like, yo, it might be down time to leave right now? What do you like? What does a role player think of something like this when like everybody is like, oh shit? Well, I guess Ben it don't seem like it's salvageable with Ben right now. Well, there, I mean, to some degree, it's like, you know, it's like being in school. It's a lot of whisper. Like, oh, you hear what that mother? You, hey, bro, yeah. like, did you just hear the press conference? And, you know, if Ben is still in the locker room, first of all, if I was Ben, I would have got my shit. I would have got out of there and I would have been on the first thing smoking out of Philly for my safety. I'm leaving. Mm. I'm out of town, dog. Because Philly's one of them cities, bro. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Yep. Don't be you're walking going to the LA, streets. You're going you're not, to, a, to an island somewhere. You're going out of the country, something. You're not being in anywhere with Philly. Nah, you won't be down in Center City or Rittenhouse. You don't want to be down there having a meal, thinking it's all cool with what just happened. So I'm out. But everybody else is sitting around that locker room, like, like kind of, you know, just talking about what the fuck just happened. Dude, did you hear what he just said? Like, this is some wild shit. And then tonight, nothing happens. But tomorrow, oh, yeah, we're on the phone. Hey, hey, bro. Is, is our deal up? Like, where am I at, Logan? Is my deal up? Am I, am I locked uh, into a contract You got, here? You got like, like two more years left. You got, all right, give me the two year, uh, two years left scenario. And then give me the, give me the, I'm on a contract year. This is like, my shit's about to expire in July. My shit's about to expire. My shit's about to expire in July. I'm like, yo, man, you gotta give me a bad year. This is, this mm. isn't Even, this even isn't. if you have Joel Embiid in place. You gotta get me up out of here, bro. This is this is a mess because you don't know okay. what the, we're looking. We're looking for stability. If I'm a if I'm a good player, and and I have meaningful minutes on the Sixers team, that means someone else probably will want me. I need to get the hell up out of here, dog. But you know, on a two year deal, I mean, you're, you're you're locked in, bro. You're just asking your agent to please give me some good news on the on the stability of this franchise front because this is a mess tonight. Do you feel like so? What about Doc Rivers as a coach saying this, right? Does that is that out of pocket? Is that the right thing to do? Like what do you how honest can you be as a coach during that situation? Um that's a tough one. Doc is as coach friendly. I mean, as player friendly player, as there that's is. That's all I've heard, yeah. right? Like yeah. so it's it's surprising. That's what I've heard from Doc. It, it, about yes. Doc. That was surprising. I, I want to say that he was just being honest in that. I mean, you you know that. 
If you if you would ask that man, could Joel Embiid be the 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 best player on a championship level team? His answer should have been, I don't know, too. Yeah, because he ain't done it yet. So, like by the definition of whether you can do that or not, you don't know. So I feel like, you know, but he probably shouldn't have done that. I think there's a lot of frustration. I think Doc was under way more. He had way more pressure on him than I than I ever really kind of thought. You know what I mean? Like I think you started to see him feel that in the press conferences with some of his answers in regards to Ben. But I also think that, you know, Doc's been in this league a long time. I can't remember any cases on teams that I played on where people were were going through what it appeared Ben Simmons was going through. I think Doc did not know how to handle that. Yeah. It's also there, I think there's something to be said about that first year, right? Like, bro, they every first year coach it's hard especially when you have a, a you know a championship a championship aspiring team it's hard man to, to get to know guys and all these things it's it's rough do you think from a Ben Simmons level do you think that this is salvageable him is in his career cuz it's not the first time something like this has happened right TJ McConnell had to go in for him during a postseason game the, you know with the game on the line and then this happens do you, if you had to bet your money on it, do you think it's salvageable or do you think that this is something that he can, you know, that this is just, this is who he is? Or do you think that he can probably take that next step? And it's just one of those things where like, shit, I had a bad, I had a bad, uh, into my year. Now I have to lock in and get better. What do you think? I, I want to tell you that anyone with that size, skill combination, a, ability to handle the ball, get downhill, go like rim to rim, rebound it, and get on top of the rim, almost like Giannis, which makes it even crazier that he couldn't find a way to get more than four shots up because the guy can get it off the board on one end and be on top of the rim in three dribbles. Like, So that's even crazier. I'd like to tell you that a guy like that is going to get it figured out and that mm-hmm. there's still a lot in front of him. He's 25. Is he 25 or 23? I don't even know. Um, but I can't tell you that, Logan, because when you start dealing with people's mentals and people start getting the yips, so to speak, um, and and you you start to see people giving up dunks and layups because they're they're you know to use a what was the boy that played quarterback with the Jets? Um, when he's talking about he was seeing ghosts, that's essentially what he's telling you, man. Like, oh shit, I thought Gallinari was gonna block it. What? What are you talking? Bro, what are you talking about? Go up there and lay the ball in the basket. That would be USC alumni, um, Sam Darnold. Correct. Jets, but that, yeah. when, when people, when when that starts to happen, right, and that's manifesting itself on the basketball court for Ben Simmons, I'm really, I'm really concerned, man, because fixing the physical isn't that hard. You can get in the gym. You can get your J's up. You can get your body right. You can do all of that. You can rehab the knee, rehab the Achilles. Fixing the mental is somebody got to get up under that hood, bro. And, you know, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Nah, not at all. Um, I just would like to say, you know, I'm not I'm not right most of the time, Raja, and you know this because you've been with me for a, for a minute now. I just want to say I was, I believe I was right on this Sixers team. You were. I've been I've been I've been telling you that they weren't experienced, and I've been telling you I don't buy it. I've been telling you all these things. I, I fair. Now, with that being said, we've seen what it is. This what the Sixers team is. Can they run it back? Can they run it back? And this is a learning lesson, and this is something that they no, could no. do. No, 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 no. They can't. No, 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 We're not running anything back. Nope, nothing can be ran back. No, no there, you weren't. No, you weren't. You weren't good enough. You won't be good enough next year. You must make changes to that roster in one way, shape, or another. Like there have to be. Your bunch has to be better. 
I love Danny Green, friend of the show. If Danny friend Green's injury, if his injury meant so much to you that you couldn't get over the hump, then you got bigger problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are issues in Philly. You need to rectify them. They cannot run that back. What, because I want to get to the Hawks, and they deserve their own shine. What is it like if you lose like this in Philly? What is, tell me what this is. I mean, you never lost like this in Philly, but, you know, what kind of town is this in? <laughs> how kind of town is it when you, when you lose or when a team loses like this? Or disappoints, more so disappoints than lose, you know? Because, like, you guys lost, but I don't think y'all disappointed the city with that finals run, it, you know, just from the outside looking in. But right. How, what is it like to disappoint Philadelphia? Um, that's not a fun place to be in when you're disappointed, Philly. Um, and, and, you know, all I can really do is tell you how great it was when, when you represent Philly the way they want to be represented. I mean, that is, it is unreal, man. I had a sea of people swarm me in a mall. I was with Mm. my mom and my dad and my sister just walking around. Like I had done the week before, but since then, I had played in a few playoff games and won the Eastern Conference. What was the moment where they were like, fuck yeah, Raja, Raja Bell, fuck, fuck yeah. Or, Logan, what did you I'm do? talking about no 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 I we just played in those in those finals right we won the seventh game and I just went out on the next day thinking it was all good I was in King of Prussia mall um the mall like descended on us we couldn't move wow. like people were going bananas like it was it was a surreal experience but that's how much love you get in Philly when things are good and you're and you're holding it down the flip side of that um has to be real, real miserable. And I didn't, I was making a joke a little bit. Like I would, but if I were Ben, I, I wouldn't be scared for my my safety. Like I don't think Philly fans are, are going to do that. But you don't want to be walking around in those streets acting like, like, hey man, I'm, you know, we lost a game, but I'm, I'm still here living my life because they're going to give you the business. They're going like, to say something to you. They're, they're going to give I, you work. What I feel about Philly fans, they're not scared to talk to you. At all. You know? At all. Like, they're just not scared. I, I've seen sports fans who see it. You know, I'm sure you've seen sports fans that are just, like, in awe and they just don't want to, like... They're about to be like, Raja, get your shit together or something like that along those effects. Wouldn't they do that? I'm just, wouldn't they do something like that if you're fucking up? Wouldn't they, like, come... Like, if they see you, would they say, get your shit together? What is it like when they, on the other side of that, why you would say Ben needs to go to the Cayman Islands for real quick? Well, I mean, first of all, it's never, it's never a good place to be in where you're having to defend yourself to fans, right? Like, so, like, that's never a good place to be in because it's a no-win when you're out there in them street. Like, like, what's the biggie line? Like, if I shoot, if you shoot me, you're famous. If I shoot you, I'm brainless. What's, like, something like that? Like, that would be the Jay-Z line, and it's... Jay-Z um, line, my bad, my bad. Yeah. If you if I shoot you, I'm brainless, but if you shoot me, then you're famous. What's it to do? Yes. What's a brother to do? Right. So, like, that's number one. But But number two, like, Philly fans are less filtered than any other fans that I've been around. They just don't give a shit, right? They're going to tell you young, old, like male, female, they don't care. They are letting it ride. They're all, it's all on their sleeve and they're letting it out. So for those reasons, like I think as an athlete, you kind of have to be self-aware, aware aware of the situation, understand what, what you did to let them down and just say time, time for me to, you know, go on a vacation, bro. Like it ain't, there's no, there's no, there's no shame in that, bro. (laughs) Like you got to get out of town, dog. (laughs) On the flip side though. They booed, hold yeah. on, they booed Destiny's Child. And Kobe in the same night. 
Bro, they booed Destiny's Child because one of them had a Kobe jersey on. I think I think it was at the 01 All-Star game I, or 02. Oh, I it think, was 02. 01, 02. Yep. They may have, she may have had to take the jersey off to get them to stop booing. I can't remember that because I, I may have had some, some like, I, I, who knows. But yeah, they no. were booing damn Destiny's Child because she had on a Kobe jersey. But they threw fucking snow things at Santa Claus at a at game Santa. once, bro. Yes. Like, come on. Man. And you know what is, what, on, on the flip side of this, though. Atlanta is on fire. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Atlanta is on fire, man. Man, yeah. mm. I love this. I, I love I love watching this Hawks team. I love watching this Hawks team. And I didn't know, like, I feel like Atlanta was one of those cities where, like, it gets a bad rap for, like, the fans and stuff. And, like, you always go there and there's, like, the other team's fans are there and stuff. But this playoff run, Atlanta has showed his ass. It's ass. In a good way, though. In a good way, though. Every bit on the timeline. And I think I think Trey Young and John Collins, you've seen, you seen what John Collins did to Joel Embiid. Yeah. Joel, just this team has just really just, like, rallied this this city, man. And I, and I love what, what's going on, man. And I think it starts with Trey Young. Trey Young, and I wrote this in the rundown, Trey Young is here. Now, you talk about... A guy, we talked about Ben Simmons and not shooting enough. Trey Young went five of 23 in a closeout game. And I respected it because he hit threes down the stretch. He did not stop shooting for no one and he stayed true to himself. So shout out to Trey Young. I, I posed this question to DA and you before um, in the last episode uh, if the Hawks are ahead of schedule. I'm thinking about this, right? Are they right on time right now? Is this a championship run that we're looking at, or or what, what's going on? The, the, all right, nah, they, what, they, nah, okay. they about to get up. They about to get up out of there, bro. They about, they about to get, to get up, out of there. They about to get up out of there. But it's a phenomenal ride. <laughs> I have it's a question a phenomenal for you, ride, huh? Would, would you want to? Is this one of the teams like if you were 24, 25, that you would want to be on? They look like they have a really good time. They they do. They look like they look like they have a good time. They have a great style of play. Um, Nate McMillan's another great players coach. So yeah, why why wouldn't I? Like they shared, you know, I think Trey Young's taken a huge step this year, Logan, because not only is he not afraid of the moment and he'll keep shooting and all of that, but his teammates look like they're enjoying playing with him more than I saw in the past, if that makes sense mm. to you. Yeah. It looks like it looks like he's allowing others to help him more. And so for that reason, yeah, sure, I'd love to play with that team. It seems like a bit of both, right? It seems like he's been... I think both sides now understand each other. At least from the outside looking in, right? Like, yo, Trey is who he is, and Trey may have done some things. And, you know, this is just from the outside looking in, like watching on television and coming in a couple Zoom. Sure. But it seems like both people are just starting to understand each other more, and I'd love to see some good reporting on this. Um, You know, uh, but it just seemed like that. Now, 
Trey Young is forever linked to another guy by the name of Luka Doncic, who they traded for, you know, they got traded for each other, said they will be forever linked. Right. What do we think right now? What do you think right now when we about this comparison right now? Now, Luka puts on the gaudy stats. He's out here. Um, it's crazy what he's doing in the first round. But Trey Young's teams have gotten further. And a lot of that does have to do with Trey Young. At this very moment, who are you picking right now? Like, who, what, what do you think? Do you think that it is it more nuanced than, than I'm saying it yeah. is? Is it what, what it let's let's explore this a little bit. As of right now, who are you taking and what is the nuance behind both players in their situations? All right. Who am I taking? That's a tough one. I was always a believer in Trey Young. I just thought it would take him a minute to figure it out. It would take him an extra minute. Uh, he wasn't a pro like Luca was and smaller guards. Sometimes it's going to take you a, an extra minute to calibrate to like the speed size NBA game. Um, I probably still, I'd probably still err on the side of Luca. Um, yeah, he's bigger. He's, he's more physical. Um, it's not taking anything away from, from Trey young. Cause it, he would be great too. But I, I mean, if you made me pick between one of those two, I usually take bigger, stronger, faster, all other things being equal and all other things are relatively equal. I think that I pick Luca, but I think that's what makes watching Trey young. So dope because I think that's part of the thing with Trey young too, man, is that like, yo, y'all motherfuckers picking Luca. Look what I'm doing. Oh, Look yeah. what I'm doing. I'm putting the city on my back. And I res- I, I, I think I've grown a level of a lot of levels of respect for Trey Young over this these last few months. And dude plays with a chip on his shoulder. And I love watching that. What do you think about the evolution of how we've seen um, Trey Young right here? Right. Because he talks a lot of shit. He is, you know, there's diva in him. Like there is what it is. There is some diva in him. Yeah. But, like, he backs it up. What do you think of Trey Young? And has there been an evolution in that? Because at first, like, I was like everybody else. I was annoyed by it. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, what are we doing right now? But I like it now. He's doing push-ups when, when fucking uh, Dwight Howard jumps over him. He's like, ah, I'm here. Right. I, I'm still here. Like, he's not letting nobody break him. He is the same one. So I have a level of respect for that more. What do you think of about Trey Young's overall demeanor and game? No, he's an entertainer, man. I lo- I I really enjoy watching him play. I like to watch him play at, at Oklahoma. Um, you know, I I think when when you are that stature and and playing basketball, you, and you're always trying to prove somebody wrong. You're mm-hmm. always because someone's always doubting whether or not your size is going to be able to pull it off at the next level. So, you develop an organic chip. Like you don't you don't I mean, it's always there. And so I always appreciate players who play like that. I, I'll say again, though, I think, and it, he'll figure it out, but you know, he gets a lot of calls right now that the NBA is going to have to do something about. It's not just Luca. A lot of those guys have figured out. I mean, not sorry, it's not just Trey, but a lot of those guys have figured out. It's also Luca at times, too. It's also James correct. Harden. They've, it's all, all, they've uh, all done it. I fucking saw Kevin Durant do the rip through today. What happens is the refs, if the refs, what happens with smaller players is if the refs stop calling some of that, it affects them more than it affects somebody that's 6'9", 6'10", 250. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so then you got to kind of reinvent yourself, which I'm sure he can. So I'm not saying that that's like, he's he's fantastic to watch. The strides that I think he's made, Logan, are ones that you can't really put a statistic to. I think it's inside the building. I think he's, I think his teammates not that they did not like him. I have no reason to believe that. That's not what I'm saying. But I think there's a better chemistry there 
whether that's on Trey Young, whether that's on Nate McMillan, whether that's on Trey Young's teammates and the way they act towards, I don't know, but that's where I think he's grown, right? Like, I think those dudes are now playing for him, kind of, and not just playing with him or playing alongside him. I, there seems to be like a, hey, man, we we hold you down. We got you. You make this work. We can all eat too, and we got you. And that is, yeah. that's the beauty of watching them play for me, aside from what he does with the ball. They got a lot of questions still, though. I think that, you know, the the, the John Collins um, extension still looms, you know, whether or not they're going to keep him. It's, it's a team that is on the rise and can, I mean, they're competing. They're still competing for a title now, so it's weird to call them title contenders. But if they keep, they keep going up and make the right moves, they can be a bona fide title contender for years to come. If they keep just, if they make a couple more moves, I believe that they can do that. Um, and... It's, I just love, like, all of Atlanta is coming out for them, bro. And it, I, I, Atlanta's a beautiful city. I love Atlanta. And I'm, I'm just happy that they, I think the Hawks finally have a team that represents Atlanta as a whole. That's why yeah. Trey Young is perfect for Atlanta, just the, the swagger, all of that. Um, and I'm just happy to see that. We'll talk about Suns in a bit. Um, but mm. first, I want to talk about um, Nets Bucks. Get a recap of that series real quick. Did you talk to Nash? Since the, since the, uh, since they got eliminated. No, I've not spoken. No. no, I, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I sent, I shot him a text, like, you know. How do you like, do that though? How do you approach something like that, bro? Like, you know, with players and people, you know, players, you guys, when you guys get mad and after games, it's kind of weird to like kind of talk to you. It depends on the player. I don't, what kind of player were you when you guys lost? Like, did, do I, can I shoot you a text? Like, it's going to be all right. Or do I got to give it a couple days to breathe if you no, lose? I'm, I'm usually good. I mean, I won't respond to you right away if you shoot me the text, but I'm not going to well, feel. We're good now and you don't fucking respond <laughs> right away. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, you can, yeah, I, yeah, I don't be blowing up my phone calling, but certainly shoot the text being like, hey, man, good se- good series, whatever that looks like. And then I get to you, you know, once once I stop. And that's kind of what I did to Steve. Like, I shot it out there like, yo, man, that's a tough one. You know, I, I, I like some of the stuff you guys were doing, whoop-de-woo. But, uh, you know, just like that, happy Father's Day. Keep it moving, man, you know? Yeah, I heard that. Um, do you, the way this, I want to talk about the Bucks in a second, but I want to save the best for last. Um do you feel that this ending is an appropriate ending for the, this iteration of the Nets with all the injuries and things that happened? Or were you did you or were you surprised that it ended this way? Did you think that they still had a shot? Because I called them real ones and I called them contenders. Well, and they, the team they, they were. Like, yeah, what did, yeah. They were. No, you were right. We both were. I mean, if Kyrie is healthy and James is healthy, I mean they're 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 winning a championship. I they they are. Like I'm I'm saying that. I'm telling you that. Um they just got they didn't get one of the components right this year. They didn't get they didn't navigate the injury bug, man. And that's that derails a lot of championship teams, possible championship teams. So I'm not surprised that it ended that way because once James Harden came out and looked the way he did, um yeah. and he and I want to give him credit for coming out there and playing because he was clearly That was some real one shit though, man. Yeah. Like, like, that was real. That was real. I rock, I rock with that. Absolutely. And he played fifty some minutes and he was there just spiritually giving his team a lift, but that was too much to ask KD to just keep doing over and over and over again to get dubs. Like, so I knew that, I mean, there was a short shelf life with that. Yeah. Let's get to, we, we talked about KD. We talked about him in the last episode, played his ass off. I mean, I, there's nothing more that they could have done. Um, I want to get to the Bucks though. I want to get to the Giannis conversation, but did the coach Bud save his job? Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, you know it. You fucking know it. You know it. He knows it. The yeah. Bucks players know it. Yeah. Like, if there's if that ownership group is fractured, you had one of them saying fuck, and then you had the yeah. other one like fist pumping I tiger style. Like, yes, you. we're fucking yeah. good. Yeah. Like yes, it was that. It was that important of a game, bro. Correct. Is it the NBA wild like that? Right? Because legitimately. Buck Bud's job was on the fucking line a week ago. It literally was. It was. Uh-huh. It was that. And also, we could we could talk about a lot of other teams. But it's funny how the playoffs work that way, bro. It, it was. It's funny how that works out. We were talking about man. We. I'm saying we, as in me and you. We're talking uh-huh. about them like it was done. It was finished. A week later, they have a legitimate shot at a title. Honestly, they do. Yeah. Giannis has a legitimate shot at a fucking title right now. Yes. How does that, what does that do to your mental, bro? When you're like, bro, okay, well, on one hand, a week later, all oh, my coaches might get freaking fired. And the next is like, oh, I guess we're going to get a title. That's just how, I don't know what that does. That's why the NBA for me is is the sport. I said this on the last pod. The, the complex, you, your future and the complexion of your future changes so dramatically from game to game in a series and from series to series. It, it's like that 06. Uh, Clippers series or no the Lakers series yeah we yeah. were we were dead like 3-1 you were somewhere I don't deep down the, I don't remember the coverage back then but was were you guys talking about like changes being happening in the 3-1 or was it no, did you guys I, not get to that okay I, I, I don't I don't mean like um um uh, uh, from a team perspective I just mean your outlook as a player like every, yeah. you're just like oh this shit's it's the end of the world man we're down 3-1 it's a wrap like you know deep down in you're like man people don't do this shit all every time you still believe but, I mean, it but, could be the end of the world if y'all lose one more game. You it know could what I mean? <laughs> and then, and then you're like, "Oh shit, we can." You get by that, and you're like, "No, we can. We, we win a championship this year. Like the rest of our, we we got to change. This is a good look for us." And so, you know, it's it, it's crazy. The Bucks just had to exercise some demons, man. Like I, I really think that the Bud comes from a coaching tree that is as good as there is, right? I mean, you like that pop tree is is it's good. Like you could throw Pat Riley in there and Phil, but it's as good as as there is, right? Um. So you know he's got the ability. I think he just coaches really tight at times when when he feels the pressure. And I think I think they had to exercise some demons, both him and the team. And I think they did. You had some, okay. So what did you think about down the stretch? Because you had some problems with how the Bucks were playing down the stretch of game. What was it? Game five or six? You had some troubles with how they. How did you think that they managed? Um, game seven, or does it even matter? Like, it, I mean, I honestly, when I looked, it it would look like the same kind of sets uh, down the stretch of game seven. But like, it just, it just, it. I don't want to discredit the Bucks, but it did seem like it was. This was this series was more the fight of attrition more than it was the actual talent, and that's okay too. That's fine. That's the league. That's the NBA in the game which we play. So. If that's what it is, and that's what it is. But did you see any difference, or does it matter? Um, well, I, ultimately, it doesn't matter. But I did see some difference. I didn't see a huge overhaul in philosophy. Like, the Bucks are going to be who they are. They played that way all year. So you can't expect them to come out and say, oh, we're switching everything. But I saw Giannis late in the game. I, the only jump hook I saw him shoot all series. He put that in, like, right before, you know, he bullied uh, James on an out-of-bounds play and went to the block. He caught it a few times down below you know, the hash faced up, they took it to the bucket on KD a few times. Like I did see them work to get him the ball in more desirable positions, you know, late down the stretch defensively. I, I didn't see a huge, a huge shift in, in what they were doing, but they just did a, you know, they did what they could do with it. Yeah. 
Now, you brought up a point, and you told us why you was mad, son. You told us why you were mad at the beginning of the pod um, about how people are talking about the way Giannis plays. And I have a question for you because I wanted to follow up. I wanted to go down on the rundown. Um, do you think it's because his game isn't aesthetically pleasing enough for people, the way that they they talk about how he plays? Or where do you think that this sort of thing stems from? Um, wh- where do you think that this Giannis backlash kind of stems from? Um, fatigue. I mean, it's two-time MVP. It's team's... Teams didn't win championships. Like that has to be factored into it. I do think there's something about the aesthetics of of games. Um, we live in a day and an age where you have to have a a quote unquote bag, and you got to be able to do you know all of this cool shit with the ball, and we got to be able to shoot threes from half court. And he doesn't do any of that. And so, yeah, I'm sure there are people that aesthetically don't love the look of it. You know, I just I argue, you know, all the time about like the productivity of it you know i'm not into advanced analytics so there's gonna be somebody smarter than me listening to this pod talking about his per and all of that shit i don't give a fuck all right i'm telling you <laughs> i'm telling you what the stat she says dog I'm, I'm watching it and saying like there is nothing that can stop him if you get him in the right position from unfolding on top of the rim or having to collapse your defense and he's able to kick it out to shooters so that's a problem and you know i i don't know i don't know what to tell you other than that Who's going to guard him the rest of the... Who's going to guard his ass the rest of these playoffs? My man fucking scored 40 points, 13 boards, and dish out five assists in a closeout in 50 minutes. 50. Who is going to guard that... Who's going to guard his ass? You tell me on any of the teams left in this damn... In the playoffs, who's going to guard him? I'm going to be real with you, man. Like, I love the Hawks. You, I, I just... I, I love the Hawks. However, Capella got... <laughs> Molly whopped throughout the whole series. And it wasn't because of it was honestly because their other the Sixers other star didn't didn't show up, by and large. That being said, Giannis, just give him the ball like they give him the ball with Shaq and he's gonna be fine. My only critique of Giannis, and it may it might be just like feeding into the things, is like I feel like he's starting to settle too much for the three. He doesn't have to. No, nope. fuck what we fuck with Roger Bell or Logan Murdoch or any fucking pundit says. Play your game, bro. Like, who cares, dude? Like, if you can't shoot a three, who cares? I don't need you to shoot one three. You don't have to do it. Who cares? Go to the cup. Uh, you ain't got to worry about Roger Bell saying that because I, I ain't never said that. I'm not. Hey, dog, if you don't shoot three, you get what I'm, I'm saying, though, Rob. Yes, you get what I'm not. saying, though, Rob. Yeah, I, I co sign yeah. that 100%. Yeah. I do feel that players listen to that, and you can attest or, or say I'm full of shit, but I do feel like players feed into that where they feel like, yo, I got to shoot threes. I got to do all that. If that's if that's not your game, bro, because I see this a lot sometimes. I see this sometimes with Joel Embiid, right? Teams sometimes just let him shoot that three. Fuck it, because like it's not as effective as if, if he just bullies you in the paint and dunks over you. Right. That's more effective. If Giannis doesn't shoot a three the whole series and just gets 45 whatever is 45 and you're punishing them. I just want him to go in his own way, go full Shaq and just double down because you remember playing against Shaq, just get it in the post. He's going to dunk it. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do or how you're going to stop it. You know what is going to happen every time. Giannis has that in him. I want him to do that in this series. Now I'm with you 100%. And mm-hmm. here's, here's what, what would be my critique. I feel silly saying that of Giannis and to some degree, what I was telling you you and DA on the pod last time, what I would do with Giannis, I realized in game seven against the Bucks that you can't, I mean, against the Nets, that you can't do that with Giannis. 
really, because Giannis doesn't like the ball with his back to the basket. Like you saw KD that whole game, and I was I was trying to show my young son. Like KD doesn't catch it on the post all the time, but he works his way a lot of the time to a to a post area with his back to his defender. And he yeah. shoots that fade away or whatever. Giannis, every time he gets it, or not every time, because I just referenced that one jump hook, but it was the only back-to-the-basket move I saw him make. He generally looks uncomfortable with his back-to-the-basket. He always wants to face you up and come downhill at you. Now, it can be very effective, too, but I think that if that man, people say, oh, if he got a jumper, oh, 100% if he got a jumper. But if he got some true low-post feet where he could play with his back to you, wrap it up. Giannis is 26 years old. Yeah. If he yeah. stays healthy. That's scary. If he just, oh my goodness. If he just stays healthy. Because like, bro, he is scoring 40 and he is just, he's not he's just going 40 on will, bro. He's not necessarily, that's why people, I don't know. I think that's why people hate him because he just doesn't, he, he, he doesn't do it. He does it in a very raw way. And that's fine. As long as 40 points is 40 points in a closeout game, and so is 15 rebounds. Yeah. So, with that being said, before we get to the next segment, I think we're both in agreement right now that the Bucs are going to go to the finals. I think we're both in agreement on this. What is it? Bucks? I say Bucks in five, six at the most. What are you saying, Raja? Bucks in five, brother. Like, um, the Hawks will be game. They will come to play. There are going to be some exciting we games, bo- potentially. I want to say, we both love the Hawks. We both love nope. the Hawks. Absolutely. I think you're out, outmanned here. And all you get Giannis. And if I get a decent Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and 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 Brooke Lopez, Hawks, I mean uh Bucks and Five. Mm, okay. Let's take a quick break. And we're really gonna talk about something near and dear to Raj's heart. I promise you. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. And we are back. I am speaking to you after the Suns mm. won game one of the Western Conference Finals, man. Raj, are you pumped right now? Are you pumped? I, I got to keep it a buck. I'm kind of fired up, man. My man, Jubes, J-Hoops Jubes. I think Bron calls him champ, executive mm-hmm. of the year. Mm. Right? That's, he's, from, he's from the crib. That's 305. Um, and my Suns What? The Suns, my man Jeremy McPeak, shout out to Jeremy McPeak, put something up on a story on Instagram with uh, some old Suns pictures of like our teams in 06, 07, like I in saw the playoffs. That. 
man, like I'm, it's a vibe right now, bro, with me and the sons. Like, and I know, I get it. I remember I said they were fake. I know it was more nuanced than that. I will say it again. But we I did, was we wrong. both did. But I was yeah. wrong, and that's okay. Like, I'm happy to be wrong. Like, they're balling right now. You know what I think I did? I think I underestimated Devin Booker. And not because he wasn't one of my favorite players in the league. I put him as the most improved player just because I just wanted him to get an award. He wasn't going to be the most improved player. You told me this and we knew this, but I wanted him and his name out there. However, I still, I still underestimated Devin Booker. By the way, uh, quick plug real quick. I'm writing a story coming out tomorrow on Devin Booker on the ringer.com from your boy. Um, Make sure you guys go check that out on, um, it's uh, basically on the soul of Devin Booker and what makes him Devin Booker. So go check that out on the ringer.com. Devin Booker, I love his game. I love he has the everything you would want in a superstar in the postseason right now. He has that just that good mad in him, that good anger in him, where he just he just is ready for somebody to pop off on him. He's ready for the moment. They were they the uh, Suns were up for most of the game. I think the Clippers like hit it, got the game to down to two because Paul George was balling. We'll we'll get to him in a second. And then Devin Booker said, Mm-mm, I got this. Don't even trip. Don't even trip. I got this. Ah, in your face. Ah, in your fucking face. Ah. Oh, fade away? Good. Uh, in the lane? Oh, over two defenders? Don't even trip. I'm here. 18 points in the third quarter. Don't even trip. He just has that look, Roger. Is he the league's newest superstar? The one, the guy that you, like, as Stephen A. Smith, who you say, who you know, Stephen A., friend of the show, Stephen A., no box doubt. office. Is he is he box office to you? Is Devin Booker one of those dudes when he comes to town? You got to go see him yet. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a bucket man, and he scores he scores for me like in the way that is aesthetically pleasing to me, which means on all three levels. Like it's not just a layup or a three. I appreciate getting to a spot and and getting up in the air. Do you know what I mean? Like I appreciate a dude you know, searching with pace till he gets to the spot in the mid range and then bomb, I'm just raising up over you. You know, that's what scoring the art of scoring used to be about. So he's got an old soul in that regard. And I, I love to watch him play because that's, that's what I appreciate. Um, or that's what I like to see my scores look like more than just a three or a layup. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, he's box office, but he's built from that. You know, I heard Monty talk, I think they were interviewing before the game. I might've been listening on the radio on my drive home from somewhere. And he said, like, he believes he is the best player in the league. Not, not one of the, no, he is the the best player, the best player in the league. And he said, he's genuinely pissed. um, And feels like he has something to prove when his name isn't mentioned in that breath or when he's snubbed for certain, you know, all NBA teams and stuff like that. And so, I can dig it, bro. He, I, yes, he's box office. So I was talking to Kenny Payne, um, assistant of the of the Knicks, uh, longtime coach at a uh, at Kentucky, who recruited mm-hmm. Devin Booker, and their Devin Booker calls him uncle. Okay, this is uh, some. This is a quote that he uh, that he told me about um, Devin Booker, and this is this is related to Devin Booker. He says it's bigger than the game. It's about who you are, what you are how you're wired, how you're not going to let someone take, how you're not going to let someone else take food off your plate. That's a metaphor for my, for I'm dominating you. There's nothing you can do about it. That's how he feels about Devin Booker. That's what, that's how, that's how he describes Devin Booker. That makes sense. 
Cause that's, that's, it was a line that I used when I played and it was a line that I preached to, to like my sons and kids in programs and stuff like that. Listen, you can't let anybody take food off of your plate. It is it like, there's only, you know what I mean? Like that's life, bro. There's only so much food to go around. Who you going to let somebody else eat it? I got one more quote for you that I think is going to get you riled up. Also from Kenny Payne that made this story. Athletes are apex predators. And so when you put these predators in a cage, they're not competing just to win or lose. And then you go on to the next thing. Predators are, predators are going to the death. Somebody's got to die. Somebody's got to eat. Is that how it is on the basketball court? For some of us, yes. Now, I, when I say some of us, some of us are way more talented than others and it, it looks different. Like when you have a, someone who's as talented as Devin Booker or Kobe or MJ or KD, you know, LeBron, that looks different. It looks like that. Um, there are other people that have that type of talent and they just don't have that mentality. Like they're just not, mm. they're not built like that. And so, you know, you could see flashes of it, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not sustainable. Right. And then you have guys that aren't as good as them that's, that have that too. And they, they become, you know, they're like PJ Tucker has that, you know, he ain't as good offensively as one of those guys, but he, he, you could see he, he lives by that. Like that's, that's, was that the mindset that you had when you hooped? That, that was my mindset. Yes. I just, you know, I didn't have the talent or the ability of some of those guys, but I can always appreciate and recognize it in someone when I see it because can you see it? Can, you is that something you, you can see it within the first two oh, minutes yeah. of, of a person? I mean, two minutes might be quick, man, but you watch, you watch somebody play a game and you know, you play a game with somebody, a pickup, you know, real recognizes real in that regard like that. You, you, you can feel that. Now I, 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 I hopped in on a zoom call with, uh, with book and he was talking about, you know, he's always had a chip on his shoulder. And he was talking about how it's taken a long time for him. Well, not a long time, but it, it, it took some time for him to channel that chip mm-hmm. um, in a constructive way, right? And just to make sure that he puts that time in and, and, and do that. What is the balance in doing that, right? Because that chip is always going to be on um, Devin's shoulder, just like it was always on your shoulder, just like it's always on P.J. Tucker's shoulder, even Kobe's shoulder, all the great ones' shoulders. There's always some sort of chip. How do you balance that? How do you make sure that it's, it's constructive and not destructive? Um, that's a, that's a good question. Um, at some point, I think you can have the chip, but you have to allow yourself to accept that you're as good as you are. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like you can't be certain you, you have to, you have to allow yourself to accept, no, I'm, I'm nice at this, Okay, but I'm not going to take it for granted because a lot of y'all said I couldn't do this and it'll continue to fuel your work and continue to fuel like your passion to stay where you are, right? Because now it, it took me a long time to get it. Nobody's taking it. When did you shit. feel like you got it? Like, when did you feel like you got it? Well, for for me, you know, it was it was a little different. Like I, I, I felt like I started to get it in Utah. Like when I bounced around early in my career, no one ever gave me. I was always just a, a journeyman to play D. No one, no one ever respected the fact that I could score the ball because no one ever it was ever my job. And then when I got to Utah. And and Jerry Sloan kind of empowered us. We were a young team. We didn't make the playoffs, but we got a little bit more taste of of the ball in our hands, most of us. Um, and then when I got to Phoenix, right, and I settled into a role and I was on a good team and I was playing meaningful minutes on a good team. 
that's that that would those were my moments where I was like, yes, sir, this is I'm here. Like I deserve this. Now I I, I want to stay here, um, but I, you got to accept the fact that that you are good enough so you don't self destruct and go over the top with that. You know what I mean? Because because searching for it forever and never letting yourself feel it. Is it grit along with self awareness that kind of gets you to that to that place where you can both accept where you're at, but also like, no, fuck it, I belong here. Except where you, your role on a team would say, fuck it, I belong here. Roles on a team kind of define themselves if you're smart enough. You figure that out. So you, you, know, you know where you fall in the hierarchy of that, right? Like De- Devin Booker's role was always going to be alpha number one, right? I mean, the only person that might have had something to say about that was DeAndre Ayton. That might have been TBD when he came in. But I'm pretty sure in the first pickup game that was established because Devin Booker is built like that. I feel like the, the, uh, the Clippers and the Suns seem to be in a similar situation here in that one of the, I mean, they are in a similar uh, conversation because both one of their stars are both out on both teams. You know, you got Kawhi on one end and you got uh, Chris out on the other and they're both out for game two. And my question is, you know, we've seen this with Paul George. He's kind of found his lane in this one. He's found his way back to Indiana, Paul George. We talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. And Devin Booker has just like, yo, I'm carrying this team. I don't really care. I'm going to carry this team, especially with Chris Paul out. And, you know, and, and you're starting to see the maturation of both players. Now, what, what is the dynamic and what do you think is going to happen when Kawhi comes back and or if Kawhi comes back and if Chris Paul comes back? What does that do to change the dynamics of both of those players? In a perfect world, what does it do? And what, is, what would happen on the other side of that coin? Um, in a in a perfect world, um, Kawhi represents, you know, some of those buckets that were really hard for the Clippers to get down the stretch, um, and another person to probably guard Devin Booker and try to put out that fire. So you get him back, and you have an answer defensively for D Book, you know, theoretically, and you have more firepower. So that's a win. Um, in a perfect world for the Suns, you know, uh, Chris Paul comes back and seamlessly kind of takes the reins again, and you know, allows everyone to kind of eat the way they were and he orchestrates it. I, I think that the Suns would be an easier reintegration of their star than it would be for the Clippers. Um, mm. Because I, I don't, I don't like Chris Paul works. You put him in and it works. It's not taking food off of Devin Booker's plate. It, also, I think Chris Paul actually like knows his role. I think he knows he's the second best player on that team. Or maybe he's like, maybe he doesn't know that, but is, is in a more in a say like, yeah, I just get 16 today. And if you need oh, yeah. me to get 30 one day, I can do that. But like, this is Devin Booker's show. I'm trying to help him. More yes, he's it. there to do what he needs to do. Right. Like, so he's not, he, he actually is going to make it easier for people to eat rather than, and I think Kawhi coming back puts Paul. Paul uh, uh, in that weird place of, oh shit, do I, you know, that they could work together, but do, is this mine now? Like, am I supposed to be shooting all of these shots? Like we talked about that, just, you know, maybe funk up the offense a little bit. Um, but, Paul, but, but I'm gonna keep it a buck. Paul, Paul George, for his, for as good as he is offensively, they got to get that boy some easier shots, man. You know, he made a bunch of tough shots. He was cooking too. And then, you know, T. loose sat him, which, you know, it's not you're trying to get him some rest. I hear that. But then he came back out shooting more tough shots and he wasn't making them. He's they got to find a way to get him some easier looks to supplement the hard ones that he makes. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens. With all that being said, who wins game two? So you got a 40 ball triple double from from Devin Booker. You got the Clippers on what one day rest? Yeah. And you barely beat them. 
I mean, that's, you know, you barely beat them. Um, so on one hand, I could say that the Clippers are going to come out and win. Plus, T. Lou makes adjustments as well as anyone in the game right now. But I'm going to take the Suns in game two at the crit. You just want to go back. You just want, you, <laughs> and, and we outside now. You just want to disrespect the Valley you know, again, bro. I failed I you know. guys once. I will not do it again. That's my bad. Suns in five. Hey. So, uh, I say Suns in six. However, I'm picking the Clippers to win game two. Oh. Picking the Clippers to win oh. game two. And that is a perfect, before we get out of here, that is a perfect segue to, um, <laughs> I just don't even know how to say this, man. <laughs> I just don't even know. I don't even think he should ever come on the real ones again, to be honest with you. I don't think he should. I don't think he should ever don a Lakers jersey again, to be honest <laughs> with you. I don't know. He's not even coming on the screen right now. He's not even showing his face right now, which is crazy. Um, oh. I don't know what is going on right now, but Jomi, ever since that he took that trip to Palmdale, I think he's a double agent. I think he's a double agent because ever since he took that trip to Palmdale, the Lakers have been out of the uh, finals. I mean, out of the finals run. No back-to-backs. And the Clippers are on the best run in franchise history and have a legitimate shot at an NBA title. I also want to say, want to address something. Now, I don't know this because I don't know if Paul George listens to the show or he doesn't. However, <laughs> when he said, what up, Palmdale, with some oomph into him, Jomi's uh. mentions and my mentions went crazy on the twit. Um, now, we're going to bring in Jomi. First question I have to ask you, sir. Are you going to take responsibility for ending the Clipper curse? Well, first and foremost, thank you guys for having me on. Um, I have it on great authority that Paul George is a Real Ones fan. Listens to it every Monday and Thursday, you know, as when it's first up, he's a subscriber, right? I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. Secondly, um, I will be taking full responsibility because before I went to Palmdale, the Clippers were still the Clippers. And now they look like they're about to go on their first championship run in their history. So, yes, I will be taking responsibility. And, Paul George, since I know you're listening, I would like a championship ring. Um, I have student loans to pay off, so I can go to that, take that to a pawn shop or something. You know what I'm saying? Get this money. You hear me? But, yeah, I will be taking full responsibility. Okay. Um, are you a Lakers fan? Yes. Are you sure? What what kind of question? What is this? You're the worst okay. lawyer ever. Okay. What is going on? <laughs> okay, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay, I don't know what else to say, man. Are you are you sorry for what's that going on? I mean, right I'm, you... I mean, if you want to be honest, I'm just disgusted in myself. You know, okay. I I should have done better. I should have known. You know that okay. upset in the balance uh, of the of the world. You know, the Lakers, like that, literally that weekend, the Lakers were up 2-1. You know, they were down, they were down, they were down 2-1 to the, the Mavs. And then as soon as I stepped foot in Palmdale County and left, the NBA world went crazy. Like we haven't no. had a rest in in weeks since I've been to Palmdale. I'm, I feel responsible for all of it, <laughs> for all of it, the whole NBA landscape. Right, James Harden got hurt. Right, we could we could we could go on and on and on. Right, it's just I just I, I yeah I'm just disgusted in my behavior. What's the lesson in all of this, Jomi? <sighs> well, the lesson for everyone else is you know, hey man, sometimes you 
you got to chill out, you know? Don't be acting reckless on podcasts. Don't be acting reckless on Twitter. Sometimes it's just better to, you know, keep quiet and mind your business. Now, I didn't, I'm not going to take those lessons. I'm going to still do me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all can do that. I'm going I'm to just do me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm the vibe minister. You know what I mean? I just do what I do. You feel me? But Okay. You know, so you want to place a bet on game two? Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to uh, throw some? Do you want to go? What are we thinking? What are we thinking? What are we thinking? Because last time it was go to Palmdale, right? And that's you not might, you bad. might, you might. Does it take a return trip to Palmdale? Are, what are we? What are we talking though? Like, are we talking do like? You, do you have to? Do you have to take, go back to Palmdale and atone for your sins and tell them that? Tell Palmdale that you're sorry for your disrespect. Maybe, maybe a contrite trip to Palmdale. An apologetic mm. trip to Palmdale. If the Clippers win. Oh, my God. See, I can't say no because I took improv in college, so I have to say yes and to everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, okay, look, listen, listen. If See, and we had this conversation last time, Logan, you're, right? You're doing this. You're doing I got to go. You know, if I got to go to Palmdale, what happens if the Suns win? You know what I'm saying? Like, does Palmdale have to come to me? Like, what's the deal? You know, mm. like, what do I get out of it? You this, know, is, mm. this is between you and Logan now. This is between you and Lo- this is between you and Logan. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what's, you know, for the <laughs> listeners, Logan, oh, no, you tell me, you tell me, you tell me. We already told you what you got to do. You tell me. Hmm. Logan, man. So, I mean, oh, see, I got it. You know, see, because here's for the fans out here. I'm going to peel back the current a little bit. Logan, as you guys may know, is a huge Warriors fan. Right, he grew up a Laker it's not, fan. That's a lie. That but is a no, lie, he but grew ahead. up a Laker fan. But if you ever talk to Logan for a couple of minutes, he's a big Warriors guy. This is you know, another he's lie. Got, he's got thirty-five <laughs> venture checks coming in the mail every two weeks. Where they you at? know what I'm saying? Because him and KD go way back. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you know what I'm saying? So maybe what I'm thinking is, if if the Suns win, I would like, I would like a We Believe Steph Curry jersey. In the mail, oh. if the Suns win. Oh, oh, you're we. Oh, oh, yes. Oh. Oh. Okay, we believe okay. Steph Curry okay. jersey in the mail. Okay, all right, okay. All right. Bet. there it is. All right, bet. Okay, because you don't got to go to Palmdale. You never been to Palmdale. The air is nope. thin out there, man. Mm. Okay, it's tough. All right, you can, hey, in the words of most deaf on um, the racial draft, you got a goddamn deal. <laughs> Wait a goddamn minute, Rondell. <laughs> Wait a goddamn minute, Rondell. Fantastic. You got a goddamn deal. All right, all right. We, you guys, all you real ones, hold me to that. Oh, that's done, bro. That's, that's done. done. Mm. All right, thanks, Jomi. Appreciate that. Now, before we get out of here, you guys, little house, little housekeeping. Make sure you go listen to KOC and J. Kyle Mans full preview of the NBA draft lottery from the Sunday night edition of the Ringer NBA show. Make sure you check out Tuesday night's mismatch for KOC and Chris Vernon's post-lottery takes. And make sure you go to the ringer.com to check out KOC's 2021 draft guide, which has his big board with descriptions of his top 30 draft prospects and his mock draft, which he'll update after the draft lottery. There's also a live show with Bill Simmons, KOC and J. Kyle Mann, and Big Waz. That's at 5.30 Pacific. Make sure you check that out. Raj was on that last last year. He had a blast doing that. And that's going to be a fun one, man. 
Make sure you check out everything on the Ringer feed. Make sure you check out the Ringer NBA show on Sundays. Make sure you check out Ringer University. Make sure you check out Group Chat. Make sure you check out Mismatch. Make sure you check out The Answer. Make sure you check out Black Girl Songbook with who? Roger College Bell. Daniel Smith. Make sure you check out R2C2 with who? Roger Bell. Ah, we'll see you on Thursday. Ah, we out.